Okay, so let's get the mood going here. Imagine it. The coffee machine is bubbling and gurgling away in the corner. A fire is crackling in the hearth. Hey, the evenings can still get a little bit cold even in the summer. It also really helps to set the tone. The smell of musty paper and the subtle sweetness of vanilla is in the air and you're gathered with some of your closest book friends to talk about your latest find. I'm Ray and welcome to another episode of Not Before Coffee, The Bookshop, where I talk about my most recent reads and possibly encourage you to pick up a copy. I've been really looking forward to the release of the latest novel from Page Toon since I pre-ordered it all the way back on the 18th of December 2020. Yes, over six months ago. Release dates aren't set in stone, so every once in a while an email would arrive letting me know of minute changes, mostly to price. And then a few weeks ago, social media promo really ramped up and another two emails arrived in pretty quick succession. The first one said the release date had been moved to the 29th of June, and the next one told me that the release date had been moved to the 24th. Which one was I to believe? It didn't really matter as long as the book arrived. In a way, I'm really happy the book didn't actually arrive until Friday the 25th of June, as it meant that I didn't have the temptation of reading while my brain was pounding out of my head, thanks to a pretty horrific three-day headache hence no second episode last week. And B, it meant that I had something to look forward to for Saturday, because Saturdays can be a little bit long. Yes, I know it's the weekend and yay, no work. But when you live alone and you do suffer a little bit from agoraphobia, going out isn't the best thing and having something to occupy your time is really encouraging. In fact, After planting the impatience, petunias and geraniums on my balcony, I sat down with a book and a big strong cup of tea in my travel mug, yes tea, and didn't come up for air until I'd finished the book just over two hours later. Okay, enough of the how I got this book talk. I should probably tell you what the book is and what I thought. So, the book is, obviously, the most recent from page two and it's called Someone I Used to Know. Right off the bat, before I go into the book itself, I have to say that after many Kindle reads, and I do love the convenience of instant downloads, in fact, I was sitting there going, why isn't it downloading onto my Kindle? And then I remembered, well actually I didn't remember, I looked on my Amazon record and discovered that I'd ordered the paperback copy. I do love a physical book. The cover of this one actually feels a little bit like velvet and there's nothing like the sensation of having a physical book. There is an instant happy memory for me I always associate with a proper book. That beautiful sensation of turning slightly roughened pages with my fingertips. So much can change in half a lifetime. Then, at 15, George is the foster brother Leah never asked for. As the angry, troubled boy struggles to come to terms with his circumstances, Leah finds herself getting drawn closer to him. Theo's wealthy family have mysteriously pulled him out of boarding school and he is now enrolled in the local state school with Leah and George. 
When their worlds collide that summer, the three teenagers form a bond they believe will be unbreakable. But life doesn't always go to plan. Now. Shocking news brings Leah back to Yorkshire, baby daughter in tow, but Emily's father Theo isn't with them, and George has unexpectedly returned. After half a lifetime have they healed the scars of their pasts, will coming back home set their hearts in a different direction? As with pretty much everything I have ever read by Page Toon, and I have her entire back catalogue, I knew the moment I started reading, I would have to be prepared for a bit of a tear fest at some point. I was ready though. I had tissues right by my cup because I'm organized like that. Her stories are always full of the sort of characters that tug at the heartstrings and make you connect so quickly. And someone I used to know is no different. As with every single review, I could give away so much of the story, but I really want you to pick up this book and read it for yourself. Make your own judgment, follow your gut, and maybe I'm introducing you to your next new favourite author. Leah is the daughter of Carrie and Ivan White, and though she is their only biological child, many more have become her brothers and sisters over the years, as her parents have very big hearts and have opened their home, an alpaca, rabbit, and tree farm, to children who need a place where they will be loved. They are foster parents. They take the children that have nowhere else to go. Though she often struggles with being the last one they focus on, she knows that both her parents love her and she becomes as connected to many of the children who come and go out of her life as everyone else does. However, it's not until George Thompson comes to stay with them when she's 15 that she finally starts to understand the stories behind these children. It's not because she doesn't care, but it's because her parents have tried to shelter her from the horrors that these children are often put through. George arrives in her life at the same time as Theo Whittington is kicked out of his stuck-up private school and starts to get the school bus every single day to the state school that George and Leah and her other siblings attend. Theo has been brought up in a home empty of love. Sure, they've got money and they've got plenty of space, but that's pretty much it. And he's merely tolerated by his exacting father. Somehow, over that summer, Leo, George and Theo, despite being incredibly different, strike up a strong friendship. Of course, things change. They have to. George is in the system because his father ran off and his mother was killed in a car accident. His younger sister Sophie is also in the system and due to her age she is easily adopted by a family who is going to take her away and he is sure he will never see her again. Distressed by the idea that he is going to lose his little one as he calls her and she won't remember him when she gets older, he runs away. I have to say that though each of Page Toon's books could be easily shelved as a love story, that isn't the be-all and end-all of the plots that she writes. She has this magical way of introducing characters who have an effect on me as the reader. I want to know more about them, I grow to care about them, and I really want things to be okay. As weird as it sounds, when I first opened this book and started reading, I was a little bit concerned. Was it because I didn't like the characters? Nope, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. That's never a concern of mine. The characters are so carefully created and so real. It had everything to do with the fact that this book uses a writing tool 
I have always found really difficult to warm to. And in order for it to be readable, for me at least, it has to be done so well and be there for a reason. So what is it that I really don't like? It's not first person. I've never had an issue with that. I don't like books that switch between different timelines chapter on chapter. I have in the past pushed myself to read a few books using this tool and every single one has been a struggle to finish. However, I am really, really relieved to say this time it was done so well. And as I continued to read between the then portions that took place when George, Leah and Theo were 15, and the now chapters that take place 15 years later, I realised that they were being used so cleverly. The then chapters allowed the story in the now to develop naturally, giving me a chance to see how relationships were being built, how George, Leah and Theo ended up where they were in the now, and what made them the people they became. When Leah is first introduced in the prologue, which is neither then nor now, She's attending her parents' retirement bash and joint 70th birthday. She is happily married to Theo and they have an 18-month-old daughter called Emily. Then she is shown a letter from George, a foster brother she had when she was 15. At the end of the evening, Leah and Theo return to their Airbnb together, send the babysitter home, and then Theo utters some doubts about the taxi driver which increased to concerns when neither of them hear from the babysitter Katie, letting them know that she got home okay. Theo, worried that something could have happened, gets in his car and drives off. The book has a few incredibly clever misdirects in it, so much so that I started to cry when I realised how wrong I'd been about one of my assumptions. And it sounds weird, but I love the fact that I didn't start to read the book and immediately know how it was going to end. I didn't know that Leah was going to get a happily ever after, that everything would work out perfectly, that this character or that one was going to be the person she fell in love with, or was in love with, or had been in love with. Sometimes when you read a book that some would classify as chiclet, it's easy to get multiple characters confused. I know, I've done it several times. I've read books where so many characters are identical that you end up not caring who ends up with whom and which one gets the happily ever after. It sounds weird. With a lot of authors, I find the introduction of a lot of characters to be frustrating. But having read Paige Toon's back catalogue, all of which I have, though most of it's on my Kindle, I get the feeling that I will eventually get stories about some of these people, Perhaps they'll get their own novel or novella, or perhaps they'll be characters in other books. It's a common theme and one that I really love. And I love the not knowing. With someone I used to know, I was invested from the start. I cared about what happened to everyone. My heart ached a little when the characters felt pain. And in a story that has a secondary plot all about foster children and puts some of the horrendous things that these children experience down on the page, that's not an infrequent thing. I wanted every single one of these characters to get what they wanted and needed from life and quietly cheered them on when they did. I have to admit that I lost it at several moments during the book. I had tears that rolled into my ears and dampened the hair at the back of my neck. I had a crying jag that gave me a momentary headache. 
But it wasn't only because the story had sad moments. It was also because there were parts that were so moving and so poignant. There was, however, one moment very near to the end of the book that had me ugly crying, though, because in my head I could hear this character saying what was written on the page in a voice filled with so much conviction. I'd like to do what your parents did, foster and adopt. I want to look after kids who don't have anyone else and love them unconditionally. That's what I plan to do with my life. That's what's important to me. These people, for all the pain that they have experienced to get to where they are, are good people. They are characters who jumped off the page and into my head. As I read the book, I could see them and hear them as their lives were being lived on the page. This is what I love about Page Tomb books. So, here comes the question and answer part. Can't leave that out any week. Did I enjoy it? What can I say? I love a book that makes me cry a lot. I am a masochistic reader, I guess. I have talked about a number of her books on previous episodes, including my favourite, If You Could Go Anywhere. And though this one has inched up there, there is something about If You Could Go Anywhere that holds a strong place in my heart. She manages to create characters that are so real, the sort of people you can imagine meeting out and about wherever you live. And as much as I enjoy my fantasy novels, and you know I do, I've talked about a few of them, the realism of these ones really touches me. Will I read it again? As much as I love a cry, I won't be reading this one for a while, but it will definitely be added to my reread list because all of her books are on it. I have a number of stories that I like to keep back for a rainy day when I don't want to read something new. Those days aren't often because my medication helps me to maintain a semblance of balance. However, on the days when I just can't face real life, these books are right there waiting for me. And now I have a new one to add to the pile. Would I recommend it to other readers? Definitely. In fact, I was in a video call with a friend at lunchtime on Sunday when she started talking about being in need of something else to read. And I picked up my copy of this book and said, I recommend this, it's lovely, it made me cry and it's wonderful. She read If You Could Go Anywhere last summer after I recommended it so many times there was no way she could forget the title when she was looking for a new author to read. And she told me today that she would certainly pick up someone I used to know because she really enjoyed the other one. So I am converting new readers at every single opportunity. So there it is, this summer's release from Page Toon, someone I used to know. Help it jump to the top of the bestseller list by getting your copy now. You really won't regret it, I promise. I don't care that it made me ugly cry. It was worth it. The last cup has gone in the dishwasher. The closed sign has been turned around. So it's time to end this, another episode of The Bookshop. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll come back again for more. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family? And please post a review or rate my podcast over on Podchaser. I really love hearing what you have to say. You can follow me on Twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs or on Instagram at not before coffee podcast. I have to go and pick another book from the shelf now for next week and settle down with another cup of coffee. Until next time, this is me saying farewell. Farewell.